Aloha. From theballerlifestyle.com, it's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. Thank you for joining the show. Episode 331 of the program. Very, very stoked to have you in the mix. If you would like to reach out, please do so via the email address, mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com. You can also send us a voicemail, 949-464-TBLS is the voicemail number. Um, somebody, good friend of the show, LSU Lala, is a very good contributor to the show, mentioned to me today on Twitter, where you should be following me at, Brian Beckner, he mentioned to me, hey, didn't you say something about a red circle episode that you guys had done last week? And um, I was like, yeah, I did. And he's like, when's that coming out? And I was like, oh, right now. So, um, yeah, we, re- we recorded a um, bonus subscriber exclusive pod last week and I fucking completely spaced and forgot to put it up. So um, it's it'll it'll be up. If you're hearing this, it's up. If you're a Red Circle subscriber, you can go to your Red Circle feed and listen to it right now. If you're not a Red Circle subscriber, just go to the episode notes of the app, your uh, Apple iTunes or your Apple podcast or whatever. Google Play. It's mostly Apple podcast. Let's be honest. Um, and look in the episode notes and you can just click a link and subscribe to the podcast there. Also, I'm interested to know those of you that are exclusive subscribers. Does it show just the just do the red circle shows show up in your regular feed or is there a separate regular feed or do they do you get an email like how are you get how do you know that there's a show there to listen to you don't because you're supposed to know um i don't know let me let me know reach out mailbag at the or you could just hit me on twitter um because it's i don't subscribe i guess i could pay the five i don't know wouldn't even know how i don't I guess I could pay the five bucks to subscribe to our own show to figure out how it looks, but it's a work in progress. I appreciate everybody's patience and I appreciate everybody that subscribes and makes a point to go and listen to the bonus shows that we put up there, even though sometimes I forget to do that, but we're making them uh, Redcircle.com, the baller lifestyle. I am joined now as I am every single week by Mr. Ed Daly author of heroes and jerks available now on amazon ed what's up hey um it is you know when you're uh, a kid or a young adult yeah. and like you just you don't really ever think about or really almost never get punished by the consequences of your actions um i i go for a pretty long bike ride every every day every morning and today I got a later start of it. I had some shit to do, and I got, I went out, and the heat index is like 104 today. That's pretty high because you guys got the humidity. Yeah, and it's fucking bad. And like I would never think about the consequences of that, you know, until maybe I don't know 35 or so. But today, when I finished my ride, I was like, 
my God, I feel like I'm kind of towing the line of death right now. Yeah. I, feel, I felt that bad. And I realized I got to be smarter about this shit. Like I got a late start, which means I just can't, I can't go until the evening. I can't, I, I think I finished my ride at like 1130 in the morning and it's too hot. It was brutal by the time I finished. It's, um, no, it's really a factor. It's exponentially more difficult to do um, vigorous exercise when it's hot outside. It's but when you're really more. Like, yeah. yeah, it sucks, but then it's like, ah, whatever. But uh, as I, I think I said to Michelle, I was, I was like, it would be sad and shocking. But if you read in the paper, oh, guy in his mid 40s died a heat stroke because he was out exercising you wouldn't be like floored by it be like yeah you you probably can't exercise in the middle of the day yeah i I remember i I was running a lot and i was running like i was not you know i'm not like fucking i was i was i thought i could come up with an um ethiopian marathoner off the top of my head but i wasn't i don't have that i don't have them right off the tip of my tongue i'm not him I'm not Sergey Bubka. Um, I'm not uh, one of my favorites. One of my favorite guys to bring up Sergey Bubka. Um, but I was like running regularly, you know, I was running like three or four miles every couple days, you know, sometimes five or six on a big day, like every few days or every other day or whatever. And then I was in the desert. I was in Palm Springs and it was still pretty early. It was probably like 9am and it was, like 90 degrees and I'm like, Oh, I'll just go do my regular run. And then I went out and I was fucking gassed out of my fucking head. Maybe like less than a mile in like half a mile in. I was like, Oh my God, I could die out here. What was I thinking? This was a bad idea. And it's just cause it's hotter. I used to, I also used to do the hot yoga in uh, the Bikram. Yeah, they, they get that hot. Yeah, it's like 105. You ever read about the Bikram dude? Oh, yeah, he's problematic. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was doing what everybody kind of thought this guy was up to. Yeah. He was up to. Yeah. He also didn't make up Bikram. That's. Oh, I thought it, that was his thing. It was his thing. But it's like people are like, actually, people were doing that. So. It's not to get too in the weeds here. You should definitely watch the documentary. I believe it's on Netflix about Bikram. He's a real piece of shit. He's a rapist. And he's one of these dudes that was like, I pioneered this, this style of yoga. Well, it's 26. It's a sequence of 26 poses that like he didn't invent the yoga poses, right? They're ancient. But he's like, I right. came, I came up with the idea to do them in this sequence, and I came up with the idea to, the to crank up the heat. And people are like, actually, no, like lots of people were doing this before you. It's just he was really good at marketing it and also doing rapes. But uh, when I would go to the Bikram, you, it's so taxing. It is such a, a mental mind fuck right. you're like there's no way i can continue in this room i have to get out of this room and they don't let you leave and you know it was like not every class that somebody would puke but i would say like every third class if somebody was kind of newer they would the just let it go exercise and weight loss it's or like my bikram or like my bike ride today it's like yeah but I was weak 
for like three hours after that bike ride today. So it probably was detrimental to my health. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, it's one thing pushing yourself. I mean, that's, you know, the point of exercise, elevating the heart rate and all this. But like <laughs> I made myself worse today doing it. And I, and I I don't know. I finally had that revelation. You know what? I need to be maybe a little bit smarter about myself because I could have killed over today. Yeah, it, was, it was bad. What's first of all, what kind of bike you got? Like what's what's your setup? What are you running? Like what's how's it go? Give me let draw us a picture. Well, you let know us, what? For the longest yeah. time, yeah, the longest time. I mean, eventually money figures out ways to maximize money. So for the longest time, I would I I couldn't go for a long bike ride around here. I I had to go for runs because you're zigzagging through traffic. Too many, yeah, too many cars, too many people. Yeah, enough money built enough complexes like to the towns north of me along the water there is a nice path on the other side you know the hudson river it's manhattan then the river and then it's hoboken and towns touching hoboken right now there's a connecting um maybe i go for uh, probably 15 mile ride wow something like that not not like crazy you know iron man shit but like but I, i can go for like a good you know, I, I can go hard on a, a straightaway path that there's some occasional people. Yeah. But I should have noticed when there were no people out today and it was just me riding. I was like, this is great. Yeah. But, um, but <laughs> I, you know, I don't have any, I'm not like technical bike. Like I have a road bike, like some yeah, roadie. bike I got for a triathlon, you know, years ago. Not like a beach cruiser. It's uh, some sort of road bike, but it's not, it's nothing special. You're hunched over though when you ride it. It's a road bike, yes. a proper oh, yeah, road yeah, bike. Yeah. 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 But you're not, you don't do the spandex and everything. No, I mess shorts and a t-shirt. You, you got and the, you got the shoes you got, you clip in. No, but you know what? I, I feel very douchey and I, I wear a, uh, and that's not helping either. I wear a bandana when I do it. Over um, your face. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, okay. But I do wear a helmet because I've known two people that have had horrible injuries. One guy I used to work with quadriplegic. Oh my god! Um, from a bike injury, and another guy um, has like a super spotty memory after a bike injury. So I wear a helmet. Of course, you wear a helmet. You have to I wear know, a helmet. But I, but I feel like a turd every. I mean, I've worn it every day for years when I ride. But I do feel like a complete douche wearing it. It's okay. a weird. It's a weird accessory. No, it will save it's your life. Problem. It's a, it's my own it's my own problem that yeah. I I feel yeah. awkward but I I never skip it to look cool. People die like on bikes every day. It's a, actually right. a major problem. People getting killed on bicycles. But bike helmets like they just they look bad. I I, I wear it every day. I'm not saying that I'm thinking about oh well, it'll be cooler if I didn't. Yeah. But it it's a accessory I don't enjoy wearing. Do you have like the visor kind? Do you have the kind with like yeah, all the slits the in it? The vented the one? Shittiest. Like whatever. I, I just when I, when I got the bike, I got a helmet that day. So the thing is 12 years old. It's just it's a shell of a helmet, whatever. Um, no judgment. No judgment on uh But on I our mean, end. I used to go for runs. Maybe my final run to your point about running in the desert, when I went on my eat, pray, love trip to New Orleans by myself, yeah, I just went up for a run there around Lake Pontchartrain, not a, all the way around or something, but like, yeah, I'll just go for a waterfront run. And New Orleans, it's the humidity is like worse than Vietnam. 
Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, like a mile there. There's also a lot of Vietnamese there. Interesting that really? you say that. Yeah, there's a lot of Vietnamese in uh, Louisiana. But same same as you. Like, I got maybe a mile. And I, I, I had to bail on the run. Oh, yeah. Well, anywhere you live and where they have to describe the temperature by the heat in- index, it's yeah. too fucking hot there. It gets too humid where you live. Yeah, like today, I think the temperature was technically 95, which... It's not pleasant. And then with the humidity, 104 here. Yeah. It was, it was just it was no, not good. The humidity. And, you know, my hair. Oh, yeah. You got to keep the, the lettuce looking sharp. Yeah. It just doesn't. Uh, it gets real uh, gets real bad, frizzy. Um, it's R.I.P. Regis Philbin. You know what's weird is I never watched – I watched Millionaire, but I never watched his morning show. Yeah. But he's one of those guys I was really like – I guess retroactively, I, I was always pleased that he was there. Totally. You know I mean? like, yes. Like I enjoyed him being a presence of mostly a showbiz career I never really paid attention he's to. He's an institution. Just, yeah, like I guess on Letterman. But he was just a pleasant, positive guy that it was I, – I found myself – a little sadder about his death than I would have expected to be. Yeah, I mean, he had a good run. He was 88. But he got famous late, right? I mean, that Yeah, in his, I think in his 50s, yeah. But I think I read somewhere that he holds the record for, like, most hours on TV or something. I mean, when that, when that millionaire show took off, oh, yeah. that was crazy how popular it was i want to i wanted to play the but the clips too long i wanted to play when he um talked norm mcdonald out of the million dollar answer oh yeah because norm was like fuck it and would have gotten it yeah because norm's a gambler and he had it right and (laughs) and regis kept being like are you sure like are you sure you it's million dollars you know like he just kept like going back and forth and then you could tell norm's like fuck i don't want to fuck over my charity like this guy must know this guy must know the answer because he keeps asking me over and over again and it's like it's like jeopardy you know like your first answer is always right he was good at Playing it like he sort of knew, but maybe he didn't know. No, he, he, was, he was a good host. He was really good. And even the um, that morning show that he, I think, got forced out of, which is kind of bullshit with my future third wife, Kelly Ripa. He was like, um, he he was so good at that. And it's, it's so hard. <laughs> That's so hard to do what they do where they just sit there and bullshit. And you're like. You think, oh, they're just having a conversation. No way, dude. Like that is, you don't know how fucking quickly you run out of shit to say when they're just like, hey, fill time. And this guy could fucking talk. He could interview. He was really, really talented. And he made it look very easy to host a show like that when it most certainly is not easy to do. Yeah. Ask Magic Johnson. (laughs) the Magic hour. (sighs) That was a tough. Well, apparently, yeah. I mean, we'll, we we'll talk about him tonight. But apparently, Chevy Chase thought it was no big deal. I'll just wing it. <sighs> when he did that Chevy Chase show, in retrospect, Chevy Chase winged it all. His his I, whole. I got, a lot, I got a lot to say about him. Me too. Um, because well, we'll get into it. 
we we'll get into it, but I just we were fed a bill of goods. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. We'll get we'll get more into it in a minute. Um, let's do anything else. Oh wait, hold on. How do you feel about like um like we all know that um NBA players like really need to fuck like more than most oh. people. Oh, I I saw this story. Yeah, and then and so they're like, "Hey, um, we're gonna we're got to finish the season. There's a lot of TV money on the table. Plus, it would just be good for the country. I think there is like a sort of an altruistic thing to it. And the guys, and it are, actually is a great thing. It my Knicks are not part of the plans, but it's better. There's only 22 teams participating. Which yeah. any given year it should be like somebody should look at the rosters and, and just be able to say, yeah, you guys, nobody needs to see you play this year. I've been saying this forever. Start the <laughs> season with the playoffs. Just be like, sorry, Phillies. It's not your year. You just kind of know who's going to, in the NFL, yeah, there's that always that. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're no good. Yeah. Sorry. You it's, can't play this. Just the seasons are so long anyway. Like um, just play a tournament, play a tournament every year. Hockey, same thing. There's too many games. The season's too fucking long. Just let's start like, do like a short season or some type of tournament thing and then just get the playoffs going. Well, baseball thought they had a, a short season, but it, w- it was not short enough. No, no, they didn't. They needed baseball. It's going to be. It's unlikely that we're going to crown a World Series champion. You've got to do the bubble thing. Bubble. Yeah, they should have done no the Arizona thing. It. Yeah, yeah. Or, well, uh, you also had my th- my thing. Nobody listened to me. Just have two in two full rosters. So now, like the Marlins, the entire Marlins has tested positive for COVID, or like most of the team. But if you had, if you had set aside, qu- quarantined, if you will, an entire like scabs, yeah, an entire no, your AAA guys, they're not playing anyway. Have your AAA Double A guys there, but like uh, s- somewhere away where they never co-mingle with the actual players and then so now you send out so the marlins are like oh we're not playing any games sorry no marlins and which like who cares like that's one of the teams we would cancel anyway but you what you could do is bring in the other 30 guys that you have play the games with them and as the real marlins get healthy you start feeding them back into the mix and it's you never slow down because they're not the only team that this is going to happen to. Like this is going to yeah. happen a lot. I saw somebody with the theory. Well, Florida's not taking it seriously, and they're nuts if they think this is a Florida issue. Yeah. This is, yeah. I mean, come on, it's a countrywide issue. But the but the NBA players, they're in a bubble in Orlando, the worst city on the planet, and they're like, but they're they're like buying in. But when they went in, everyone's like, I mean, these guys really like to fuck. It could be a problem. And then other people are like, no, they're professionals. Like they're no, they'll be fine. And then other people are like, no, what they're going to do is they're going to bring the pussy with them so that they have, they can do the, the fucking's already set up. Well, it's none of those things happened. And now guys are making up excuses where they're like, I got a funeral to go to like this. (laughs) Like when you would have that dentist appointment in high school, you know, or, or, uh, you're like working a job and you want to take a long weekend and you're pretty low on the right. totem pole. And then you got, Oh, my, 
mother-in-law. Well, how, many, how many grandparents do I have that can die? Right. I, be- I believe Larry David lost lost a stepfather one time. Like <laughs> it is something you do. And Lou Williams, he was he's the first, and he will not be the last violator of this. But he bounced out to a um, he bounced out to a funeral. I think he lost a grandpa, but then was photographed at Magic City, a strip club in Atlanta at which he has an item on the menu named after him. And (laughs) he's many times declared it to be his favorite restaurant. He, well, I saw maybe his, the person in the picture with him or something, they said, oh, that's an old picture. And then somebody pointed out, no, he's got something from the NBA restart on him. Yeah. A mask. (laughs) It was was crystal clear this picture took place this week. I love that shit. You photoshopped it. No, they photoshopped it. So he's got to do a 10-day quarantine before he can get back in the league. And I just feel like he's not the only guy that's going to have an issue with this. I just feel like it's really hard when you're really used to something that feels really good and then you're – specifically forbidden from doing that thing. And it's just like so part of your routine to just tag randos left and right that it's as soon as you can't, it's an issue and guys are going to be they're You know, they're already complaining about the food, the accommodations. And it's like, it's going to, it's going to be, it might be more difficult to finish the NBA season with no positive tests than the, than the baseball season with positive tests happening Every single day. And surprisingly, the Premier League was able to finish the season. But there was one guy, I, I remember reading one guy on Manchester City that I think on TikTok, he was seen with two hookers yeah. brought into their bubble. Yeah. Like, this is, these are athletes. This is, yeah. this is a big percentage of these athletes. Yes. This is what they're doing. Yeah, it's what they're doing. It's easy for them. That's the thing. Um, oh, oh, what else? J- Johnny Depp, a lot of people reaching out to us about Johnny Depp, Ed, and there's, there's a lot going on because he's in a, um, he's, he's suing and I actually support him in this because he's saying, Hey, my ex-wife said a bunch of shit about me. That's not true. And a lot of times people will say that and then they won't act on it. And he's like, fuck that. And he's suing her for libel in London, where I believe the libel laws are pretty punitive. Like, is this a divorce settlement or this is just libel? It's libel. So he, they were divorced. And then after they w- were divorced, she said a bunch of shit about him that went into the press. And he's like, that's, oh, that he was a, he was an abuser, a spousal abuser. And he's like, fuck that. Like, I never abused you. And he's like, more the other way around. And so now, they're going back and forth and there's been, there's been a lot of developments there, not least of which, and if true, I think there should be criminal charges filed because in the case, Johnny Depp alleged that Amber Heard left Forgive me. 
feces in his bed. She produced feces in his bed and and as some sort of a prank. And I'll just read the story. Johnny was so revolted by, excuse me, sorry guys, feces left in his bed that he wanted to have a DNA test done on it to identify the, I'll just say maker. A UK court was told Wednesday, despite laughing off the vile incident and nicknaming his wife, Amber Heard, Amber Turd, because of it, Depp 57 was sullen and disgusted when first told it had been found in his bed. His property manager, Kevin Murphy, told him at that stage, I believe he suggested getting the feces DNA tested to see where they had. They is feces plural. It, I would say, where they had come from. Um, I just want to see is she denying it. Oh, yeah. Her heard who on Tuesday denied being behind the feces stunt. Uh, but I think it's not, I think she, it's like a wink, wink. I deny it. My Oh, listen, he soon started insisting. Okay. It was not immediately clear when or why Depp dropped the plan to test it. He soon started insisting he found the stunt amusing. However, with a series of jokes and texts he sent being read in court, quote, my wife left a whopper poop on my bed. Amber turd, he wrote in one, while in another he said, I've been through a whole lot of shit with her. Now, I've I've made Hello. clear. Oh, oh, honestly. I, uh, Johnny Depp joins uh, us now. Johnny, can can you shed light on the story? Know, what happened? It's it's uh kind of a I wanna laugh to keep from crying, but uh maybe she was feeling down in the dumps. Oh nice. And, yes. uh, you know, in the game of life, maybe she rolled craps. <laughs> Um, you know what day of the week it was? Um, Saturday. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm I'm trying to make light of a, a very uh, dark, a dark brown situation, if you will. Um, it's it has to, you've been through so much, Johnny. Not least of which this this disgusting, vile attack by your wife, but also it's my understanding that you believe that Amber Heard was unfaithful to you. That's right. With a, with that South African Asperger's likely on the spectrum, we'll say genius. I found some plugs, remember. Oh, that's right. That's right. He, he left some, he left some plugs around the house. And now it's my understanding that Elon Musk, while he denies, while he denies that you're, uh, he denies your allegations that, that he, he Sancho'd you, he cuckolded you. He wants, he said, Hey, let's get in the cage and fight your thoughts. Would you would you be willing to go mano a mano in a UFC style fight with Elon Musk? Well, let me just say that uh, Elon Musk is in a world of trouble. Um, you know, he's just as I said, he's a nerd with plugs. That's true. I that's am really, a man. That's right. Who has lived a life? Yes. Bon vivre. Uh, <laughs> I I was a pirate 
As an undercover agent, oh, oh. I even played Hunter Hunter S. Thompson. But, I mean, you weren't acting. You're, you're an actor. Like you just played oh. those guys. You're not. Act, you weren't actually. Well, there a, were some. There were some very dangerous times with uh, Doug Penhall and uh, Harry Aoki. <laughs> we we found ourselves in many a pickle, and uh, you know, uh, I also can withstand pain. Um, I I have a thirst for blood i uh when i was playing hunter s thompson yes. um he one time gave me a uh hash brownie that also was laced with pcp oh. and peyote whoa uh, triple threat. i woke up covered in blood and twelve thousand dollars in my pocket so i'm guessing i murdered someone <laughs> yeah that's 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 a, that's a likely i don't i don't i don't know i right. just i i had blood all over me and twelve thousand dollars in uh, my pocket unbelievable yeah so you would given the chance you what if, what if they allowed you each to bring one weapon into the cage? Now we can, we can assume that Elon Musk would bring that blowtorch that he invented. Uh, yeah. you, you, I, I mean, there's so many ways you can go. You could, you could bring your pirate sword, right? Your, your, yeah. your scabbard and your sword or, or. Maybe a scarf. I can choke a bitch with a scarf <laughs> inside of 14 seconds. <laughs> you know, in those old timey movies where they quickly tie a bunch of sheets together to yes. get outside the window. Well, yes. I can tie all 14,000 of my scarves together and uh, create quite the noose for uh, Mr. Musk. Wow. Wow. I would, I would bet on you. I think Musk might be a little bit bigger than you but i i don't think he's as hardy he's he doesn't a nerd. have he's, he's a, nerd. a nerd yeah he's a I huge nerd life. yeah he's an undercover cop for years yes you were well no i mean you were just you're just uh you're acting as an undercover cop you weren't well, actually <laughs> sometimes i was a real cop you ever see that movie in the nick of time i was i was a cop oh uh, well i mean you're you're just you're johnny depp you're acting I'm a chameleon I'm a commit. I'm, I'm a lizard. What about did you? Ever see the child's yes. movie Rango? Yeah, I did. I, I was a lizard. Yeah, you were a lizard in that one. Um, what about when you played Tonto, the Indian, mm. alongside and Hal? Yes, I believe. Okay. I, I believe you're. Um, the well, look. I played with Armin Hammer, right? Ar uh, Army Hammer. Were you? Um, were you stunned at all, Johnny Depp, to learn that? Army Hammer was not 47 years old and was actually like in his 20s when you guys made that movie together. Was that weird to you? Because it stuns me every day. I actually just found out at the rap party that I wasn't in the movie with the Winklevi. <laughs> I thought I thought I was really playing a role with one of the Winklevoss twins. <laughs> that would have been better. The the Winklevi. If you, maybe you could do maybe when this situation is over. With Amber Heard, you could put something together and do do a project with with the Winklevoss. One last question, and I just I want to get your reaction. Amber Heard alleges that prior to you filming your portion, your interview portion of the Keith Richards documentary, I believe you also read. I listened to a little bit of Keith Richards' audio book, and I believe you read a bit of Keith Richards audiobook, but before you, before you arrived to do your work on the Keith Richards documentary, you had been on a 24 hour 
cocaine and whiskey bender. Is that, is there any truth to those allegations? Well, uh, if there's one thing I've learned about the world of cinema is uh, you need to keep it free and loose and highly charged. And um, I drew most of my um, motivation and inspiration from uh, a formidable actor of my youth. That would be Herbie the Love Bug. Uh. Uh, When I was a kid, uh, I believe it was during Herbie Goes Bananas when he was outwitting Harvey Corman, yeah. I saw a lot of shiftiness and I tried to recreate that for the Keith Richards autobiography. But that's a Herbie. The love bug is a Volkswagen. It's just yeah, it's an inanimate you, object. You see that thing shift around and yeah. you just want to harness that energy. And for me that came in the form of insouciance and, uh, cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how right. I got it done. Wow. Amazing. Well, wow. Method actor. Well, Johnny Depp, thank you for joining us. We'll be following your trial closely, hoping that things work out in your favor. Yeah, hopefully Amber doesn't crap out on the witness stand. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. Thank you, Johnny Depp. Let's do some voicemails. Let's do it. He's so easy to hate. Your time he likes to waste. His calls are far from great. His calls are far from great. He's such a stupid fuck. He seems down on his luck. His voicemails really suck. His voicemails really suck. No one's enjoying him. He's so annoying. Plus, so fucking boring. And worthless, but he's got nothing else to do. And he's even worse than ish, 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 ish. His faults are useless, shit, 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 shit. He's fat and got big tits. Ed, I'm not sure if you heard that Johnny Jeb just joined us. I think the Skype dropped out for a minute. (sighs) Yeah, I'm having Skype issues. I feel like you would have had some good questions for him. Is it wrong of me to um, be taking a small bit of delight in the possible me tooing of Ellen. Um, I only saw a headline that people were looking into her behavior on yeah, set. Yeah. She, um, she, and I, th- I think I talked about this with, with my, my book because I had to write about, I mean, she was very important in, in her sitcom oh, coming out and stuff. Yeah. But it stunk to write about her because I've never heard no. a positive story. No. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not that connected to famous people, but like I do know of a few people from commercial shoots with yeah. her yep. and I've never heard a good story about her. I've heard, I've only heard she's really shitty. She's really awful. I've heard, I've heard she's a really shitty boss. I heard, um, you know, you're not allowed to and like, look her in the they, eye. They, yeah. Yeah. Like, like not just like, oh, okay, she has high demands, like punitive on people. Oh yeah. I heard of I heard of a guy that had to miss one day of work to fly to a relative's funeral. And when he returned the next day, he was handed a pink slip. Jesus. I've also heard that she claims to have a very sensitive nose. 
So before you go into her office to talk to her, you have to chew a certain kind of gum that she places outside of the door. Isn't it weird so not to that offend. people get to that point? Yeah, it's great. Imagine being that rich. And I always feel kind of bad for that Portia de Rossi. She seems like she is um, being held against her will. So I've always gotten that <laughs> vibe from her. Yeah, I mean, I've, I I was a, a big, big fan from uh, the Arrested Development. She's very show. good on that show. She's very good she on that was, show. She was, she was, I mean, she was beautiful, but she was a terrific. Funny. She had great comedic timing. Very she was, funny. She's great. And then I I don't think she, does she work or? I don't think she's allowed it? to. I don't think she's allowed to. Look, Portia, not your real name, I happen to know. Oh. I've sworn off Aussies. But I could make an exception in this case. If you need a place to lay low, I guarantee you. No you, we, you better hope this couch invite doesn't Yes. Doesn't uh come back. They don't home. all come in at the same time. Oh let's well let's I mean Lord. <laughs> We got a, we got a bunch. I mean, Laughlin, I could. Uh, Lori Laughlin, Pop, pop singer. Um, Kylie Minogue. Oh, no, not not Aussie. Kesha. She might she might have been from Jersey. She was she hosted SNL. Oh. I don't really know her. Um, hold on. Lady Gaga. No, I. Halsey. Halsey. Well, I was. Pro- she got an invite. Did she really? I remember her getting an I feel like she needs it. I mean, this was, this was in different company. There were different things going on. Right. (laughs) I don't think she, I don't think she needs it. Um, Lori Laughlin, of course, has a standing invitation. She's always. Today's her birthday, by the way. Is it? How, uh, let me guess. Hold on. Hold on. Beautiful song by our good friend and Peroni survivor, Chuck Spear. I can't remember his handle. Airstrike. Uh, Snowjet. Snowjet. Snowjet SST. Uh, a good man. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and guess Lori Laughlin. I mean, this is an educated guess. I would say she is roughly 53 years old today. And, and, and. I mean, 53 these days is the new, we'll talk about that in this movie because there's a lot of how fucking old is this guy's in this movie. Um, 53 is like the new 39 these days because she looks amazing. Lori Laughlin, 53 years old. 56 today. Wow. 56 today, exactly 56. five years older than Dana White. Wow. And hockey goalie Garth Snow. Garth Snow, right? I remember him. Sixty nine. Wow. Dana White is sixty nine. Wow, unbelievable. Uh, okay, well, she Lori Laughlin, she's got a standing invite, and Portia, if you want to come over and reintroduce yourself to the touch of a man, oh, you come by my place. Hey, with Lori Laughlin, did I'll keep you safe? Did she, did she go to jail? 
No, but I think she's, I think, you know what I think they did is they, they snuck in a COVID plea. I think at the last minute, they're like, hey, it's COVID. They're definitely not putting celebrities in jail where COVID's running rampant. They only do that for poor people. Um, yeah, even Michael Cohen got out for COVID. Right. They're they're like, we're going to, this is the time to plea. So I think they pled, but I don't believe they've been. How, how are we with pled pleaded? Because I like to say pled. It sounds, pled sounds I right to me, right but it's with you. pleaded is what they, what you always no, read but, and hear. But I, I don't remember what context in my book, but I kept wanting to say pled. And then I, I looked it up saying, cause I, I was reading pleaded, but both are correct. Both are. It's like, it's like, so I, I like pled. I like pled. It's like one of those. It's like, um, canceled with two L's or one L they're both right. right. You know, right. which is irritating cause it, they look weird. And it's like, um, Octopuses, octopi. It's octopuses, but because for so many years people have said octopi, it's been it's Cactus, cacti. yeah, it's been just it's just been accepted that octopi is the actual plural. So you can use they're interchangeable, but it's actually octopuses. I'll tell, what, I'll tell you what drives me nuts. Tell me because Dunkin' Donuts spelled it D O N U T S right now, and it's D O U G H. D-O-N-U-T- Yes. Yeah, now it's acceptable to write D O N U T S. No, you're not taking Duncan's word for it. We, there was a word, and they spelled it cutely for their own fucking yes. brand, and yes. now that's okay. No, D O U G H. I have a real issue with this because I sometimes look for the donut emoji. And I will just type out rather than like scroll through. Oh, it works both ways. I don't, it didn't used to rather than just scroll through, I'll start typing out donut so I can get the chocolate donut emoji. I've just sent it to Ed cause he hates emojis. Uh, and I would, and I would type it out the Dunkin donuts way and it would like not call up the chocolate donut. So I'd have to go back and retype D O U G H N U T. So I actually, I've been indoctrinated by the Dunkin people, which is bullshit because that's a, that's a Boston donut yeah, shop. We, do we need to give that area more credit? No. no. I'm West Coast, we're Winchells as featured in the widely loved. Was that Boogie Nights? Boogie Nights review that we did on the show where Buck Swope comes into a fortune during a botched Winchells robbery. That's our donut shop here on the West Coast. Of all the movie scenes where I feared something terrible was going to happen and didn't, that might be the top. That movie is a a masterpiece and I've always loved it. But when we when we watched it for the show and I really had to pay attention and just listen to every word and watch every scene. And you're exactly right. The tension that's built in that scene because it's just there's a lot of shit going on in the movie in general. Everyone loves Bucks Wolf. He's the best. You know, except for Travis Rogers, friend of the show, Travis Rogers, who I'll quote said on this show, and I quote, Buck Swope is a loser. <laughs> he How do you not love Buck Swope? Pharaoh. Yeah. He likes to pick a he yeah. likes to pick a weaker person yeah. to pick on. Yeah. Like like Daniel LaRusso, <laughs> like which he was a loser. Well, da- Daniel LaRusso's a big whiner. Travis likes t- 
taking somebody yeah. out. Yeah. He well, he hates Buck Swope. He called him a loser. Okay, let's do a quick uh, voicemail, a couple emails, and we'll talk about him. Talk about this move and talking forever. Oh, hold on, Dexter. Oh my God, hold on. We got to let him play from the beginning. Here we go. Bride, bride, Dexter. Easy, Eduardo Diario. Whoa. Edward Diary? That's right. Anyhow, fellas, I was looking at this uh, billboard um, extravaganza going on through L.A. It seems that they're uh, launching some kind of a nastygal.com campaign. Oh, and it, uh, interesting. I've seen this billboard numerous times, um, Hawthorne, San Pedro. Oh. Redondo Beach, etc. South Bay. He's talking South Bay. Throughout the South Bay. So my question to you guys is: Is this a nationwide campaign? No clue. Uh, I've never heard. I've never heard. You girl in some sunglasses. But what I noticed is it sounds like makeup. A midget, (laughs) a dwarf, a little person, whatever the hell you want to call uh, our um, brethren that is like three feet tall. Uh, Yes. no, we get it. I'm not sure. What nasty gal off, or nasty girl? Anyway, I think it's nasty gal. So it's uh, clothing. A lot of questions clothing, huh? In my mind, yeah. how do you guys feel about dwarf sex, midget well, porn? I mean, that kind of stuff. none of it. I'm not into it. Uh, it's a little weird to me, man. That anybody uh, would first start off with the genre of uh, filming midgets having sex. Uh, you know, dwarfs going at it, but mostly it's usually like a regular person with one of these. From what I understand, I don't know. Honestly, I've never seen a second of it. But just seeing that billboard and seeing that lady being kind of short because she's dressed all provocatively and kind of like almost teasing. Okay, me we get it. We get it, buddy. Billboard. We get it. You, I don't, I'm so looking at nasty gal man, and it just looks like clothes. I don't see any little people, yeah. which is the preferred nomenclature, Manuel. Right. Um. I am not into or I'm not not into or into something based on any specific uh, notion. I yes, I hope I got I've I've said this before. I think that um, handicap or however you want to say it disabled is is, Jesus, Ed, you're trying to get us me too over here. Disabled no, but, is the f- well, no, but they don't like to. Uh, I think disabled are actually wrong now. Yeah, yeah, that right. challenge, I think, is amongst the cruelest because the world is just not built for you. And there is a yeah. little person in Hoboken, yeah, and there are fifty-five thousand people in this town. And I see this guy because he stands out because he, you just don't see a lot of little people. Yeah, and you do. It, the, the world is fucking tough, and it's so. Tough. I hope I hope they're having all the sex they can. Totally, I agree. So, two things that I think of here: one, you bring that up to me. Um, I once saw a little people couple jogging, and the husband. Yeah, it was nice. The husband of the little people was jogging with a golden retriever, and he had the golden retriever leash, or he had some kind of harness system built in so the golden retriever was running in front of him and the the leash was like actually tied around the midsection of the little person and which i was like that's pretty smart you know it's probably not easy 
to run with a golden retriever when you weigh 60 pounds. You know, it's pretty smart. Well, I will say as much as I'm happy to hear people running together like that, they found love. Yeah. I don't like watching, seeing couples exercise. No, couples exercise is fucking canceled. No one exercise with your partner. Like everybody do exercise. Weird. Keep it tight. Weird because. Try to keep it tight. Nobody is on the same exact pacing. So you're, you're running together. It's weird to me. No way. Uh, I totally agree with you. I 100% agree with you. Um, No couples exercise. The other thing I thought of. And we've discussed it here on the show when we're talking about midget porn, 0% chance you'll ever catch me watching midget porn. But I have mentioned on the show, the one time I was exposed to that Christmas themed porno mm. where Santa's elf was involved. And actually, as I recall, did most of the sexing in the movie. And while a midget, pardon right. me, little person he had well, ample regular size human genitals. Like, right. he, I mean, I, I, I think none of these terms are <laughs> correct. He didn't, but what I'm saying what is I've he seen, didn't have a I've little, seen it, I've seen it because in high school, you've seen it too. We, we saw some weird shit, but <laughs> there are, was it the Christmas theme porno? Did you see it too? Cause he had so like, I don't, I, know the, I don't know the polite way to say this. So there are, with their dwarfism mm-hmm. and midget. That's like like dwarf is what is dwarfism that guy that you see the guy from Game of Thrones that you see drunk in the West yeah. Village sometimes. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I saw it once upon a time. Yeah, but but they tend to have uh, full sized feet and equipment. Oh, and their heads their heads are nor- are normal. They're right. they're full sized. Right. Midget, the term midget, yes. I'm under the impression that's a, a, a Michu from the, you know, uh, like a Billy Barty, like a, right. of everything is tiny. Like you're the cock's tiny too on a midge. That's I, I believe yeah. I've never seen that, but I've definitely seen. Uh, I think it's in the same genre, the Christmas porn. Yeah, it was a Christmas porno. And, and. I believe everything is, is working full size. There. Yeah. He, the, I, as I recall, I was like, what's this guy working with? And he wasn't, he wasn't like Peter North, but I mean, he probably had a bigger dick than me. Like if I'm one to the right, he might've been two or three to the right. Right. But he's yeah. working on a torso. Right. Much smaller. So it, it looks like a, the, you know, a staggering, it's like the Nakatomi right. Tower. It's huge. It's it's like that that fat cap that I have that's just above my dick. It makes it look like my dick's a little bit smaller than it actually is. It's like that, but the opposite. He's got a, a miniature body surrounding a an average to average plus size dong. It makes it look bigger. Right. It's not a bad setup, you know? Like, hey. You could, you could, there could be worse afflictions. That's all I'm saying. So I don't know if that answers your question, Manuel. Well, and I'll be honest, yeah, I, I don't at the care. Whole website, I yeah. don't see one little person on here. Nasty gal. It I, just looks like a regular clothing, like nasty gal. I thought he was talking about some sort of porn or modeling. This is just, it's just women's clothes. Yes. I will say this. The one good thing about COVID is it stomped out the, Shen Yun 
affliction that had descended here on the Southland because I often have to make a trek, not volunteer to make a trek deep into Los Angeles County, the San Fernando Valley. And it's a pretty long drive for me. And on that drive, there's probably, I probably encounter 70 billboards. And when this Shen Yun was going on, I would say it's never. I it, I think these are outdated billboards. Yeah, but they're still up. I had to I had to go somewhere not that long ago, and I saw a good five Shenyun. Yeah, Shenyun. Like we're ta- we're shutting down Yahweh. That's not what it's called. Huawei. We're si- oh, wait, wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yahweh is God, and we're not shutting him down. We worship him, <laughs> so he's we're good with him. Yahweh, we're cool with. I'm not good with it, with with what Yahweh has put on the world this right. year. Huawei, we're shutting them down. We're shutting down TikTok, but we're letting Shen Yun run fucking rampant. And it's Chinese. It's some kind of propaganda. I read a thing about it. I didn't remember it. Sandro has a good routine on it. He's like, their marketing budget is limitless. It's, it is. Limitless. There, it's, I get mailers. I get mailers yes. about Shen Yun. I've gotten the mailers. They have every billboard. And, and not like a pamphlet. Like they'll give you like a thick stock. Oh yeah, it's heavy. Part. Yeah, glossy. What? It's glossy. It's heavy card stock, glossy with beautiful photography. They put a lot of money into it. They have really good graphic designers. And essentially, it's Cirque du Soleil, right? It's that. I think it. Yes, but not as good. It's dancing. It's it's dancing, and I believe there's some acrobatics, right? Yeah, I think there's some type of story. I tell you what, I saw. The hardest of I saw this. I saw the Cirque du Soleil, the Beatles show, Cirque du Soleil, yeah. Love at the Mirage in Las Vegas. Heard of it? I never went to it. It's pretty impressive, and it would be more impressive if you had consumed some type of hallucinogenic. Yes, hallucinogenic substance because they do crazy shit like on skateboards and stuff. It's pretty impressive. Uh, so yes, yes on Nasty Gal, not midgets, and fuck Shenyun. Okay, couple of emails. Oh my God, this one's so long. Okay, I'm going to blast through it. Ballers. I can tell you it was more than a mouthful or just a huge shot of adrenaline when Mr. Dolomite acknowledged that the white Christmas special was a good idea. Mr. Dolomite. On on 8 January 2020 podcast, Dolomite gave us the answer to a good night. As Jeopardy fans, I figured you two would have set up the question. What did Dolomite do to receive receive epic mouth stuff? As Ed prefers to reference oral pleasure. Did, Do- did Dolomite run to the store before Christmas dinner because they were short some cream of mushroom and fried oh. onions? Oh. Did, did he show up? With the best bottle of liquor, this is obviously not a quicksand story. Dolomite is obviously a man that thinks of himself last. He is out to make other people feel great. Some great person recognized this and gave him some mouth stuff that every 20-something male wishes. TBLS brings some talent to the table. Even TBLS fans bring it to the table. Dolomite needs to be thrown to the front of the line to entertain other fans. Someone from within. No one (laughs) asked for an entire episode. If you're taking suggestions, here is mine. (laughs) I feel like there's an English as a second language situation here going. 
I donate $200 to Dolomite's White Christmas special. This would include hopefully a song and a 20 minute special. This can be three bottles of a decent whiskey and some good ice. (laughs) One for Brian, one for Ed, and one for the man of the hour and possibly the year Dolomite. Before before the show, everyone has a decent three-finger glass of whiskey, then then a quick intro, hit a song, have a laugh for several, then get to Dolomite's Christmas special and just... Let him tell us what a great man he is. Hold on. I have a theory here. At the end of the day, the world is bullshit. You can either mope around waiting for a better day or make a fucking great day. I choose to make great days. Doom and gloom can mouth stuff dolomite. (laughs) Because this dude has a weapon of mass destruction. Let me know. I'm here every Wednesday and always and as always be safe, stay healthy and thank you for your service. You help people laugh. One of the most important stress relievers. Baller lifestyle fan one and member. So this is from that person fan fan that suggested the Dolomite Christmas special. This is Dolomite. To the extent that they've actually <laughs> replied to their original email ballers do you think you can do a dolomite christmas special this year so this has so dolomite, to this is dolomite spend two hundred dollars two hundred dollars to give us some whiskey and yourself a bottle i'm all for it yes fan fan <laughs> that sounds like shen yun and also his he signs at baller lifestyle fan one and member and let's that's cryptic it's, isn't Dolomite the first? He's the first Patreon? Patreon. He's the first Patreon. He's the first red circle, blue square. He's the first everything. I gotta say, in most scenarios, you would think that's a bad thing. I think it's a great thing if we've set up a, a, a universe where a super fan of Dolomite is Dolomite. Yeah, he's he's this he's secretly <laughs> fanning I mean, I'm, himself. I'm a fan too, but <laughs> I'm yes. enjoying. His own fandom of himself. And yes, I agree. And also Ed's friends, Ed's Wall Street buddies are also fans of Dolomite. He's Dolomite has a following and it's I mean, I love Dolomite, too. But it stuns me, the fandom for Dolomite. It's not a Wall Street. I've known this guy longer. I played football with with this guy. High school football. Wow. Amazing. Uh, Okay, well, we'll take it under advisement, fan fan. Uh, Ed, another email. Heroes and jerks is the subject. Ed, I'm only up to the mid 1840s right now, but I must say I'm not only impressed with the quality of your work, but I'm amazed at what I imagine was a ton of research that you had to do. How was he able, Ed, to compose this email with his with your fully engorged penis and also <laughs> both of your testes? Deep in his hey, gullet. I, I haven't heard him say anything false. Okay, yes, that's true. Okay. I am enjoying the book and highly encourage the listeners to purchase a copy as I think the majority of them would really like it. If you've already bought a copy, be sure and keep the book in mind come Christmas time as it would make an excellent gift. The one question I do have from you for you, if you had to pick a top three best and worst 
through all of recorded time, who would they be? Ed Daly. So your top three is obviously number well, three, I mean, they're, they're Andrew Jackson. Certainly, yeah. yeah, they're certainly obvious choices. Adolf Hitler. Hitler gets the bad rap because he's pretty fucking bad. I know, but he built a lot of roads. I mean, he put he put <laughs> Germany back to work, buddy. So I'll just give you a, I'll give you two uh, people that stood out to me. First of all, I had heard that he was not a good guy, but my God, I I had to I had to edit down maybe three quarters of the stuff I had on Henry Ford. Oh, he was a real piece of shit. I mean, he was a bad dude, but like a terrible dude, like yep. a really, really bad dude. Yep. And was an inspiration for Hitler. Like Hitler had a picture of Henry Ford in his office. Like, wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like he gave him the the you know the German cross or you know it's one of these awards. But Henry Ford talked about how bad Jews were, and then Hitler wrote about how, well, if the most successful man in the world thinks Jews are the problem, yeah, I'm kind of on board with him. So, like, Henry Ford may have played even a role in the fucking Holocaust. He's that Unbelievable. Bad. Unbelievable. Um, and I would point out, you know, in one of the, early, the earliest chapter, um, we didn't get a full name, but there were... Um, there were Homo, Homo erectus was there. Yeah. There was also like an offshoot called Nutcracker Man. Oh, yeah. And it was, you know, cavemen, yeah. like to, to yeah. put abroad. Yeah. And this uh, Nutcracker Man got a little frisky with some animals, which led oh. to the birth of herpes. Oh, what a piece of shit. So, I mean, you're talking about all time villains? <sighs> Come on. Two million BC, yeah, in Tanzania, Nutcracker Man. Do you think if he had a time machine, my buddy Paul Walk Off HBP would go back in time and kill not hey. Hitler but Nutcracker Man? Yeah, hey, mm. Nutcracker Man. Yeah. I I know what you're thinking. We all have needs, but this one's gonna hurt society. Yeah, yeah, that's that really yeah. fucks so, shit up. In terms of the good people, there's there's a there's a ton, but but. Yeah. If you look at all of the positive, major positive movements, so much started with Gandhi, who there are many critiques of Gandhi. Mm, didn't he? He was, didn't a, he, he was a misogynist. Didn't he, he share had, his bed with young girls? Yeah, he was he was problematic, but the peaceful protest and the organization of movements is what inspired, you know, Cesar Chavez Martin Luther King, all these things, they kind of stemmed the modern protest movement stem from Gandhi. So yeah. you do find people who are very problematic yeah. that their, their impact is, is massive. Great. Amazing. So, you know, they, I, I tried, you know, it's not a lot of words for any specific entry, but I tried to acknowledge that, yeah, he wasn't yes. perfect, but this, you know, that kind of thing. Hey, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get a whole picture of a person. Which is important. But the only picture you need of Nutcracker Man is he's the reason why herpes exists in humans. That it's really a pretty sucks. bad legacy. It's kind of an awful legacy. I would agree. I luckily that hasn't been an issue in my life. Same with me, but it's always looming. It could be it's out there, dude. It's out yeah. there. You know? And if you're single, 
and you're out there swinging it around, putting it places, you got to watch out for that. You got to watch out for the peas because it's out there. It's out and people are getting it. Uh, okay. That was from, that was from LSU Lala and he's sent one more email and the subject of this email is just scoop. I gotta be honest. <laughs> I might have to retire the scoop it up song. <laughs> it's super problematic. It's really, it's really funny because it's so over the top and ridiculous, but people, if it's like the first time you hear the show and yeah, it's not, it's, it's not something that, I'm good with the bit and it's a really good song, but it's just like people that aren't in tune to what we're doing here could really get the wrong idea. You, do you know how like the man show? Yes. There was actually intelligence there. Right. And but funny points. They're not they were remembered making, for it. But it's, it was also very misogynistic right. how it all came out. And it's like, it's tough. If you look at, Jimmy Kimmel doing good, great things in the world. Yeah. Um, and then you just play a clip of his um, man show, a man show bit that looks just extremely misogynistic. That's kind of how that song looks for us. It's, it's a yeah. tough one. Yeah. It's a I, tough one. I find it funny. Yes. But in the right context. And yeah, if somebody hears yeah. that right out of the gates, they're like, what? And we've, and this bit was born of me offering Lori Laughlin, happy birthday, Lori. A place to stay. <laughs> she was, she'd run afoul of the law, allegedly. She lives nearby me, or at least keeps a home. She's very wealthy, has many homes. And I said, hey, Lori, you need a place to stay. I'll come by and I'll scoop it up. And you can and, come. And you, what was what? What side did I take on this one? I was not in favor. You're not in favor. Give somebody needs a place to stay. You don't let them sleep on your couch. No. <laughs> you're yeah. you're in favor yeah. of people becoming homeless. No. <laughs> you know what I'm. I'm saying. pro Lori Laughlin. Pro Lori Laughlin needs a place to stay. She can stay on my couch with me. Uh, Ed, straight to the point. Liz Hurley or Kelly LeBrock. Which eighties, nineties English sex pot are you scooping? Um so the This is like rumor, a Sophie's choice. This is like a Sophie's choice. It is. Yeah. And after seeing that movie, because I had it in my head, she was just eighties hot, but no, Kelly LeBrock was the real deal. Stunning. I was like I, I was exactly like you. I'm like, oh, you know, this movie, whatever, you know, it's like a cheesy looking hot woman. No big deal. And then I watched the movie and I'm like, oh, this woman is legitimately beautiful. Like I had forgotten or I didn't realize at the time what a beautiful woman she is. And she is. There's no question. Kelly LeBrock. Very beautiful. The stink of Seagal, though. And I, it's it hurts. And. I know that there's a stink of probably Bill, Bill Clinton, Clinton, but Steven Seagal is, is, is a tougher stink to get rid of. And I am just a little bit more in favor of Liz Hurley. 
So you you would scoop Liz Hurley in this situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real Sophie's choice. Although, yes. if it were doing modern version, I mean, Kelly LeBrock's probably a little bit older. Um, Elizabeth like Hurley. years older. Yeah, Elizabeth Hurley's in her 50s, and she looks incredible. Yeah. So I might, if we're doing modern version, I'll do Liz Hurley at their peak. I mean, it's just Sophie's choice. They're both gorgeous. Like, it's, it's, I can't really make a choice. Uh, okay. We talked, we watched, thank you everybody for reaching out. We love you guys. Mailbag at the baller lifestyle.com 949-464-TBLS. This week we watched the 1983 National Lampoon classic vacation. summer when you think vacation think national lampoon's vacation see the real america hey underpants hey yellow it's friendly okay i'm okay don't you want to look at the grand canyon it's educational great and most of all it's fun on the picnic basket. Like Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Imogene Coca, Randy Quaid, John Candy, and Christy Brinkley. Well, are you going to go for it? This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. Take you for a ride. This summer, when you think vacation, think National Lampoon's Vacation. Better check under the hood. Okay. What needs to be said about vacation? 30 seconds. Yeah. In- introduce the movie. I'll be back in 30 seconds. Oh, okay. Take your time. Um, while Ed goes and takes a piss, we'll talk about National Lampoon's Vacation. Came out in 1983. Everyone's seen it. It stars Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, um, the low key, amazing Anthony Michael Hall, the Anthony Michael Hall talk about discovering, rediscovering people. Like he was just some kid when I saw all these movies that he's, these John Hughes movies in when I was younger. Now I watch him and the guy is legitimately so very talented and is usually the best thing in these movies. Um, he's there. Of course, Randy Quaid, Eugene Levy, Levy. Uh, everybody knows the story. Everybody's seen the movie. Uh, it's it's a road trip movie. Chevy Chase, Clark Griswold is taking his family across country. He trades in his perfectly good station wagon for a newer, shittier one, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, the family truckster. It this movie came out in 1983. I imagine it was a massive hit. It was one of those movies that like everybody talked about all the time. Everybody wanted to watch. It was kind of it was like a little bit dirty. That was the National Lampoon thing, right? Where there were there would be like a, the movies were. I think. Yeah. I think SNL gutted them. Right. Like they were a magazine yeah. and a radio show and. 
the who's who of National Lampoon right. became SNL universe. From the Harvard Lampoon, where I believe Ed's comedy hero, Colin Jost, was the editor, <laughs> National Lampoon came from the Harvard Lampoon. Point to Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien also, and many others. Um, the Griswold family are on a quest, a quest to Wally World. Yeah, they're going across, or, you know, they start in Chicago. And they're headed to Southern California to go to a theme park. Hijinks ensue. I hadn't seen this movie in a long time. Ed, I would like to get your thoughts overall. What did you think upon rewatching National Lampoon's Vacation? So I, I have two m- main thoughts. Um, I thought that there was terrific casting and... I thought the structure, the story, and some of the, the funny things that happened, I thought were really good. I also thought that Chevy Chase was just – was merely a cog in the wheel, and he's not – we did Caddyshack not that long ago, and you see how he went completely unfunny after the 80s. Yeah. That – I feel like he just was the luckiest guy. Yep. Get I mean this is a John Hughes script. Yep. And there there were so many good things to carry him along that when I was a kid I thought this was great because of Chevy Chase. Yes. And I didn't feel that watching it now. Yes. The I can't say it was bad, but it was I realized it was everything around him down to the kids. I thought were great. I mean, I thought it was, it was a well-constructed movie, well-directed, but Chevy Chase was just the guy there with funny things happening around. Yeah. It, this movie does not hold up. It's not the, and a lot of comedies don't, it's not really an indictment of this movie. Um, it's just not that funny of a movie. And so like if you watch funny parts, it's got funny parts. If you watch, if you turn on animal house right now, you will fucking laugh your ass off for the entire movie. It's holds up. It's still funny to this day. It's just as funny as when you saw it the first time and you have a memory of vacation being a really funny movie and you watch it now and you laugh a couple times. But it's not like the laugh riot you're remembering from when you were 10 years old. It's just not that funny of a movie anymore. It's got some problematic parts, but for John Hughes, it's like not really that big a deal. And this this Chevy Chase, just like you said, Ed, he's the luckiest guy ever to live. He's just not that funny. Like he's just like. You can almost tell when he ad lived. Yes. And those were not particularly funny. No, he and he's really outclassed by the other actors in this movie that are just much better. The first scene at the car dealership, he is, he's going against Eugene Levy, who's, who's, who's hitting one-on-one on the radar. Yeah. Yeah. Is amazing in that scene. And people probably walk away thinking, wow, Chevy was funny. He did nothing in that first scene. It was about Lou Glutz motors. He did kind of the, um, like sort of like spit take um, 
when he like walks up and tries to get back into his crushed right vehicle. I do like the idea that that car lots have actual um vehicle smashers <laughs> and like you drive through the service area and they're just it's actually a junkyard in the back <laughs> and they're just Blackie. recycling cars. It's amazing with Davenport just crushing it yeah. and then uh Levy when he's like uh Wally World very exciting Claude and he and then he's talking to and he tries to be the take charge guy and he's like Hey, Davenport, what happened to uh, Mr. Griswold's car? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know what happened to it. It didn't come in. Like, he's he's so good. So good. Um, couple questions. They set out on their... Uh, first of all, his old wagon was perfectly good. Is this... Is he... Is Clark Griswold one of these guys that, like, trades up for a new car every two years? I mean, that's just bad. That's just bad financial planning on his part. Leasing wasn't really a thing back then. No, right? definitely wasn't. Definitely wasn't. Also, they did that thing, and I remember because I worked at a hardware store. We would have to do this when somebody would write a check, and you'd be like, "Can I see a major credit card?" Remember that? There was like you had to oh, like, yeah, like show that you were like trustworthy, and and trustworthy <laughs> people have credit cards. Why wouldn't you just pay with the credit card? Yeah, I, I think there were major uh, spending limits on right. those things. Yeah, right. Um, also, like, how expensive was airline flights? Well, he talked about the journey. I mean, yeah, he was I've into done, it. I've done road trips with the family. There, there's something to that. Like, we we drove from San Diego to San Francisco. That's a day's and, drive. That's one day. No, no, no. But we, we stopped along the way. We yeah. did yeah. Disney. We did LA. We did yeah. these things. Yeah. So I get it. But I mean, you didn't that, come. You didn't come to my house. You were in Fiji or wherever you were. Bali. Bali. That's right. Didn't work out. Um, yeah. Also, he gets the family truckster, and this is there's no radio in that thing. What, how come they're singing show tunes the whole time? What's well, what's with I the sing alongs? My, my parents. Would nah, I mean not in unison, but I mean I remember being annoyed with my parents singing along to shit in the car. Yeah, I I've d- been on road trips with my family. It was not good. Yeah, it's they're not good. It's it's a lot. I mean, if you break them up, it's not that bad. He drives from um, Chicago to St. Louis, and for a John Hughes movie, like. The, the the whole th- sequence when they end up in St. Louis. I mean, the it's St. Louis part. Yeah, it's it's problematic. Um, I did write down. I looked at like a, kind of a fun facts about the movie. Dana Barron was 16. Mm-hmm. Anthony Michael Hall was 14. Um, but Anthony Michael Hall, who play who was um, he was supposed to be the older brother. But he was going through puberty. He grew three inches from the beginning of production to when they did reshoots. What? So during the movie, he yeah. was the same height as Beverly D'Angelo. But when they reshot the end, he was like three inches taller than her. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Beverly D'Angelo is very little. She's tiny. She's tiny. I didn't realize. 
I read Kim Cattrall was one of the original choices, and Maureen McCormick, Marsha Brady were were they were kicked those two actresses around. Maureen McCormick had she been in anything? Well, she was Marsha Brady until probably five years earlier, yeah. four years earlier. Yeah. Um, Beverly D'Angelo is very good in this movie. She's good. Yeah. I, I mean, Dana Barron, the only thing I know her from was she was Brandon Walsh's girlfriend for five That's episodes right. or so. Who could forget? Um, but Anthony Michael Hall, like we learned last week, he was great. He's so good. He's, he's so a, good he's in everything. Good actor. Yeah, he's just solid for a kid. Um, the whole, the whole cousin Eddie sequence that holds up. That's pretty funny. <laughs> when, uh, young Gene, was it Krakowski? Jane Krakowski's his daughter. <laughs> she talks about cousin Vicky I French kiss. I French kiss. <laughs> and, and Audrey goes, big deal. Everybody French kisses, but daddy says I'm the best. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> my God. That is amazing. <laughs> that's classic. Um, how old do you think? These guys were. So I looked at Chevy Chase and I was like, he's about like late 40s. Yeah, I would say he's 43. Yeah, pretty close. He would have been when they were shooting. He would have been 39. You, you, he was a guy who was always tanning. So he right. looked yeah. leathery. Eugene Levy was like 37. He's he's always been the same age, even now, like he's in his 70s. Yeah, he looks, he looks about the same for how he is now. But yeah, yeah, he was one of those guys that looked old when he was young. Right. Um, <clears throat> why? I did have a note. The East St. Louis scene. Yeah. Um, although problematic, I liked when uh, Rusty leaned into Audrey and said, wonder if these guys know the Commodores. <laughs> that was so funny. That was a good line. <laughs> yeah, like very racist, but God, that was pretty fucking funny. Um, yeah. I liked when, I like when they go and visit cousin Eddie and the, um, the other cousin uh, introduces them to nudie books. He's like, I got a stack of nudie books this high. Cause he didn't have video games. And then he's like, and he, that, that kid worked in the eighties. Yeah. He was like an eighties kid. I don't think he did anything after then, but he was, he was in a lot like silver spoons and that kind of stuff. He worked. Yes. Yes. He definitely did. Um, he's a, he's a recognizable face. And then he like teaches. Well, he goes, well, I, I like these magazines and all, but what do you do with them? Right. Yeah. He, he's like, you ever bop your baloney? Um, he, oh, and, he te- and then they cut to Audrey and, and, uh, Jane Kirkassi. That was pretty funny too. Yeah. Um, he, te- I don't know about you, but being a farmer isn't very cool. You know, <laughs> he, he, um, he, he teaches Rusty to jerk off. And then later, and I didn't notice this, but I was watching with somebody and they pointed out to me later, Rusty's like, um, Clark's like, be a man, Rusty. And he's like, I've only been a man for like three days, dad. <laughs> cause, cause he just learned to jack off. <laughs> that is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then we, there was a hotel scene where we see, uh, they recreate psycho. You do get some nudity. I remember that as a kid being a big thing. Um, yeah, that was a big, big deal. 
to us as children, those Beverly D'Angelo's naturals, beautiful natural breasts being displayed. She also gets them out again when they're at that Ramada Inn, and uh, she catches Clark skinny dipping with Christy Brinkley, and then um, she goes and dives in the pool, topless. Christy Brinkley, um, I remember it being just such a huge deal. Like Christy Brinkley's in this movie. You know, she's a supermodel that had never happened before. It's very memorable. She is ridiculous looking. She's so beautiful. Um, she's so terrible. She's such a bad actress. Like it's not her performance is lacking. Yeah, well, they weren't asking her to do much. Right, right. Uh, but what was she doing, do we think, driving a- across the plains in a Ferrari? Did we- was that explained well, to us ever? I watched with my son and he was curious. He's like, so she's stalking them. Why is she always behind them and catching up? Like, What is going on? They didn't, they didn't really get into that. I did also write down, um, from one of those fun facts thing, the Wyatt Earp guy. Yeah. When they, they go into the old timey bar, the bartender, Richard, that's no, no, no. The the guy guy who, who shows him in Rusty goes, that was a crummy Wyatt Earp. He's wearing jogging shoes. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Wyatt Earp is Richard Dreyfuss's brother in real life. Oh, he's been in other things, though. I, I recognized him. I feel like I've uh, seen him in stuff. Same same with the bartender. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and well, he's like, hey, underpants, hey, tenderfoot. Um, and then also at uh, Eddie's place i thought uh in edna is pretty amazing too she's good she's, she's good character like just miserable nobody likes her yeah um but that but that's what i'm saying there were there were good pieces all over this movie for chevy chase to as the star of the movie look good but he did, it was everybody around him i thought was pretty good yeah no i would agree they're all the casting was good um, it's just not, I don't know. I just, you just remember things as like being so amazing when you're a kid. And then I guess the state of mind kind of helps too. Like I, I might've I, liked I, this movie more if I were stoned. I watched it last night and I thought it was pretty good, but thought Chevy Chase wasn't very good. But watching with a 12 year old, I was able to see what, you right. know, what he found funny. Right. And so yeah, he 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 liked it. He didn't he didn't love it like I loved it at twelve, because I guess there's just you know right. there's more content, there's more things. Yeah, but he he found it funny. Like cousin Eddie is funny for a reason. Super funny. Well, Thirty three years old, by the way, funny. cousin Eddie. In that. Yeah, well, he was always the lesser Quaid right. in terms of looks department. Right. It's just, it's crazy that those two guys would be brothers. I mean, yeah, Randy must I mean, hate Dennis's guts. The movie The Last Detail was probably a good eight, nine years before this, and he still looked right 40 years old. Right. Old. Um, why was Christy Brinkley drinking a low and brow on a, at a truck stop? Like, that's kind that of a weird. weird. She, yeah. she, when they're dancing and he's eating the pissed on sandwiches. Sandwich, yeah. yeah. Um, which was funny, um, but 
she's dancing around with the lone brow and there are two random guys in her car and around her car while she's dancing around. Yeah, she's she's like pu- pulling like a lot lizard move. Like she's really like putting it out. Like is she is she working her way across the country end? Is that how she's able to to gas up the Rari? She's too she's too attractive to be. Right. It did yeah. They there were there were problems with that. Um and what was we what was her what was her the, the dinky scene with the leash? I thought was great with James Keach. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought he was great as the cop. The cop, yeah. Wait, he was, how, he was terrific. Where do I cop. know him from? He's James Keach. He's the dad from Wildcats. He's Stacey Keach's brother. He's been in stuff, right? Because I'm like, I know that guy. That was actually a really good scene. The cop that pulls him over. But, but that was one of the scenes that I could tell Chevy Chase was improvising. And yes. He wasn't very funny, but right. James Keach Amazing. playing the miserable like yes. cop who's so angry and saddened yes. by by the them uh tying the the shitty dog to the, the bumper. He plays it great. Yes. And that was a scene that comes off as funny. But it was it was James Keach that did it. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, I used to have a little dog like that, and he like look. They both like look back into the ether, and he's like, poor little guy. Yeah, he probably made it about a mile, half a mile. <laughs> and then and that was pretty good when uh, when Ann Ed is like, yeah, he's been speeding like a maniac. <laughs> Rusty's like, that's not why I pulled him over. And, <laughs> and then Clark's like, Rusty, I was driving like a maniac. And then <laughs> James Keach comes back, and he goes. Here's the lease. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back and get the carcass. Um, where are you at on the, how do you pronounce Ed? Yeah. Because this was pointed out to me by the person I watched it with that. Anthony Michael Hall pronounces the, your, mom's sister what's your what's your mom's sister's relationship to you she's I always she, i always said aunt aunt but but i know aunt right I, I think i've known more people that say aunt right outside of where i grew up i feel I aunt is probably preferred as a country but i always said aunt definitely out of the country is aunt people from other places definitely say aunt I always assumed aunt was more of an East Coast thing, but everybody in the movie says aunt except for Aunt Anthony Michael Hall, who says aunt. Oh, I didn't, I didn't pick that up. I was well, I, I was, I was watching with a very close watcher, and I wouldn't yeah, have noticed that either. Lied. Right, right. Um, what else? Um, I noticed. Oh, the mechanics. They were pretty good when they're like, you must have shit for your brains. Yeah. One of them was the guy from um, Miami Vice. Oh, the, the guy with the beard worked yeah. a ton. He was in Tin Cup and right. all these movies. But he the, died within the last few years. Yeah. The other guy was the partner with like Zwitek, like the other the other two oh. cops on uh, on Miami Vice. I didn't pick that one up. Mm-hmm. Um. Then Aunt Edna dies, and <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny when they were deciding what to do with her, and the kids don't want to sit next to her. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. Rusty, Rusty goes, yeah, we should uh, just leave her here. And they're like, yeah, but how's somebody going to find her? And he goes, 
uh, all they have to do is look for the buzzards. <laughs> <laughs> I so mean, that's what I'm talking about. Like the yeah. fact that they wrote uh, a grandmother died and when they're searching the purse and she's got 11 cents and all those things. I found all that funny around the movie, but none of it was Clark. Yeah. Yeah. He's just kind of like makes faces and acts kind of like a dipshit, but he, he's definitely, he's not the fifth funniest thing in this movie. Um, I also, when Clark, the, the bar where he finally tries to cheat on, uh, on Ellen, with Brinkley, right, right. he he goes and he's just he's just prowling with anybody. He puts on the cousin Eddie white shoes, yeah, yeah, and he's just trying to pick up every chick in the bar. And I noticed it was weird. They did this close up on the lounge singer in a, a pale blue tux, and I looked up, and he was Beverly D'Angelo's husband at the time. He was very odd looking. Ah. Yeah, it, it like took me out of the oh, scene. I was like, Who's right. The guy, the guy, the guy the at the FDR. piano. Yeah. yeah. He's got the FDR cigarette holder looking yes. thing. Yes. And it looked weird. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, why are they zooming in on him? It was Beverly D'Angelo's husband. Wow. Interesting. Um, Makes sense. Um, What is the, I believe the, the, uh, amusement park was magic mountain here in it, it Southern was. California. Yeah. Yeah. I read that. And the, the parking lot was Santa Anita. Right. I was wondering about that. I was, I was, I was like, is that the San Diego zoo? Like it just, it looked familiar, but I couldn't quite place it. Santa Anita. That makes sense. Um, I also want to point out when he gets caught cheating. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes, again, this is Anthony Michael Hall, when Clark is talking about, oh, I was screaming because she was a a waitress. I didn't notice her in the pool. Yeah. And I was shocked by that. And, uh, you know, you get it, right, Russ? And he's like, sure, I understand. You think mom will buy it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good talk, son. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It was really good to see old John Candy there at the end. Miss old John I Candy got paid a million. That was a reshoot. That oh. was a reshoot because originally it was closed and they were just going to drive to Roy Wally's house and um, kidnap right. him yeah. or yeah. something. Yeah. And they're like, no, they should just have fun at the park. And so they hired John Candy and he got a million, a million bucks in 1983. Yeah. And his, the part, and that was like a day's work for him. Yeah. And the partner, that was the, remember the teacher from Red Dawn who just walked out and got murdered? Yes. The black guy was treated like a dog in this movie. Yes. That was, that was the teacher from Red Dawn. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah, totally. I remember him. And uh, then when they catch him, Roy Wally, I wrote this down, maybe the one of the more problematic lines. Roy Wally jumps out of the lim- limo because they've informed him that his park has been hijacked. Right. Goes, what are they, Arabs? Yeah. <laughs> Uh oh, <laughs> boy! <laughs> um, that's pretty good. You've hit a lot of this trivia. Roy Wally was yeah. the 
the guy, the, the toy shop owner in Home Alone 2. That's what I remembered him from. Right. Yeah, he's got the sweet stash. Yeah, Santa Anita. Um, what else? I feel like we hit it all. It's it's maybe it didn't maybe I didn't watch it in the right state of mind. It it is amusing, but it just I remember this movie being so fucking hilarious when I was a kid. And yeah, it just I, I isn't think the same. You came in, you came in with right. high, high expectations. I think it was a well constructed road trip movie that is a, a, a bit dated, but I do think the opposite of my eighties opinion, I think it could have been elevated with a better actor. Yeah. Chevy Chase and and maybe part of it is I'm clouded by the fact that he's downright bad and he seems like a, an incredibly shitty human being. Douche. But he he's just not that great. I didn't like him in Caddyshack when we rewatched it. I thought he was really weak. Yeah. But played an interesting character, the rich douche. Right. Who didn't care. He's good at that. But he's like being carried along. And people love I mean I I watch it every year, Christmas Vacation because it's like a fun Christmas movie that stupid sure. shit happens. Yes. But once again, it's not because of him. It no. just isn't. Yeah. No, it's the people around him. And that was the last movie that he was, that people laughed that he was in. I've, he, he, was, he was terrible after that. I've long argued Fletch. You got everybody's quoting lines from Fletch. Sit down and watch Fletch right now and see how many times you laugh at that movie. It's not that funny. It's just, it has, doesn't hold up. It's, and it's hard. I get it because you've already seen all the jokes. You know, the jokes are coming, but there's movies that, you know, the jokes that are still funny and it's just, it's not there anymore. It's just not what it was, which is, I think a function of Chevy's. We all, we all were sold a bill of goods on Chevy chase. I think. <laughs> uh, okay. Anything else said? No, that's, that's it. All right. Uh, I enjoyed it. Fun show, fun movie all the way around. We'll catch up with you guys next week for Ed Daily. I'm Brian Beckner. This has been episode 331 of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. Oh, check out the, check out the, there's a bonus show up for you guys to listen to right now as well. We will see you next week. Styles baller, podcast getting bigger and not smaller. Broadcasting weekly, that's what we do. With Easy Ed Daily and a man Jay Stew and Brian Beckner, quick to dissect the week in sports and culture and whatever. Pop to you and me, talking loud, covers conundrums, my brothers. Reviewing some movies and shows and the others. Top podcast, man, no one is above us. Five star, even the haters will love us. And we're not trying to talk politics a lot. We'd much rather talk about dicks a lot. Shit so hot, man, you know the shit's on top. Top podcast, man, it really hit the spot listen up you players and shot callers tbls the lifestyle's baller and you know the show is so flawless tbls the lifestyle's baller listen up you players and shot callers tbls the lifestyle's baller and you know the show is for all us tbls the lifestyle's baller